Excite Wrestling Podcast on the one and only 411 Podcast Network. That's right. You are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. Big thanks to Steve Matson of the Resident Complex for that. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube, and always iTunes. And yes, the website is 411mania.com. My tag team partner today is the one and only Steve Matson, which you just heard. Please introduce, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, like he said, I am with the Resonant Complex. Uh, our pre- our debut album, North Avenue, is available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere music can be found. You can find it. Excellent. We are going to kick it off here and talk about this big WrestleMania week. I think we can all breathe again. It's finally over. We did it. We made it another year, man. Man, I can't. You know, it it was it was a wild year. Uh, there was actually a point in the year where I was ready to swear off of it. I don't know if it was just I was getting bored or whatever it was. I was just done for a minute. And actually, I did stop watching for about two or three weeks. I understand, but you know when Kurt Hawkins comes back, you know. (laughs) You know something's big when (laughs) Kurt Hawkins is in. Right. So we began the weekend uh, Friday night. We got the War Raiders defending their NXT Tag Team titles against Aleister Black and Ricochet. In my mind, this was probably the easiest match of the entire weekend to predict just for the simple fact that Aleister Black and Ricochet were leaving. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I was in fact I was that's something that I kinda wanted to mention is when they're when they're tag teaming on NXT and the main roster, it kind of blurs it a little bit. I kinda got jaded when Kevin Owens did it and he was the champ. You know, so when they were on the takeover it was like, yeah, obviously they're not gonna be winning titles. We already know that they're going to the main roster and they're gonna be huge. Yeah, I felt kind of the same way with Gargano and uh, Ciampa. You know, they were finishing up their story, but obviously Ciampa got injured. So what do you think of the tag title match? I thought it was a great way to kick off the night. It was awesome. Uh, just to see that big guy, Which uh, what's the the big one with the longer hair? Is that Roe or Hanson? I get a mix up myself. Yeah, Let's right. just go with Roe. But just <laughs> seeing Hansen. that big guy fly, man. I mean, you don't expect that. He's doing handsprings off the ropes. That's something you see Ricochet do. I mean... The fact that he could keep up with Ricochet, uh, both of them. I mean, the power game, all that. It was just awesome. It was great. Right. I think all four of them. And it may have been my girlfriend who said that, you know, he was just like a, a bigger Ricochet. I couldn't believe he was doing some of those things too. But, you know, in the end, they did retain. And as great as the match was, I thought the send-off was even better. It was emotional. You could tell Ricochet was getting teary-eyed. And Black was trying to hold it together for his persona. But, you know, they did it the right way in NXT. You lose on the way out, and now they obviously have bigger and better things ahead. I really I really liked the, uh, the laying the belts down, the bow. That was very... Uh, having martial arts training from way, way back, that kind of was a very symbolic thing that I kind of felt, you know, right at the core there. That was really cool. It was very cool, very respectful, and the right way to go out, especially with two teams that were uh, technically faces. So up next we have Velveteen Dream defending his North American Championship against Matt Riddle. What do you think of this Velveteen Dream. Dude, there there is something about that guy that I just like. I don't know what it is, if it was the, the, the persona, the charisma, whatever he's got. There's something about that guy that is awesome. Same token, Riddle has so much potential there you know with his athletic ability that it it was I was really excited for that I agree I think uh based on me being a Prince fan I was kind of uh biased to him regardless I love Prince and his music and all that good stuff dude Prince is amazing I mean 
you could go on for days about that guy. Exactly. <laughs> you could for days. And, you know, it, it originally was pretty much a Prince ripoff, but I think Dream now is beyond that, and he is his own character. And the best part about it is I want to say he's either 23 or 24, so as great as he could be now, he That's could it. be even better. Wow. I agree with that. And I think... You know, there's rumors of him always getting called up. I have not actually heard that myself, but other people want to report it. And I'm glad he stays. I'm glad he's still in NXT. And you can see that it is showing improvement each and every year. He gets better and better. And the fans are clearly getting more and more behind him. What did you think of Riddle losing his first time? I thought it was well-deserved. Um, I think he's not quite ready for the champ for a title reign yet. Um, I mean... He's got the ability, he's got the talent, the charisma. I think he needs to put in some dues yet. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it, I, I, will, I, will, uh, I will second that. I like the, it was like the throwback to the opening match where after the word, after the match, they kind of had a nice respectful moment where, you know, they gave him the fist bump. And I think the crowd was, I think they were more behind Dream than Riddle, if you can believe that. And I think Dream should hold the title longer. And if Riddle does get a rematch, you know, maybe he'll show a little bit more of a darker side and not the relaxed kind of whatever dude kind of attitude. Yeah, there's always that intensity that that has the stigma that follows MMA fighters whenever they come into a sport like rest, like professional wrestling. So you know that, that he's got that in there and that at some point they're going to turn that on. And I think he needs to get a little more uh, layers to his character before they give him some big spots like a title reign and whatnot. Right, and, you know, it's always tricky because, you know, everybody wants to come in and never lose for a few months, and you see it with every single debut, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, whatever, they'll bring in a new guy, and then they'll win for a few months, and that's great and all, but, you know, not every new guy can never lose, so I'm glad Riddle kind of got this loss out of the way, and the best part, it was a nice little uh, fluke pin, so it's easy to build off that. Right. Up next, we had yet another title match for the WWE UK Championship. Walter finally ends the reign of Pete Dunne. What do you think? All right. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we like honesty. I, uh, I I started watching late because I had a, a family obligation to attend to earlier that evening. And uh, I actually fell asleep for about the first half of the match. I did catch the end and the ending sequences. Um, so that was actually my first take on Walter. It wasn't anything that they did. It was my own. I was tired and I just I zonked out. So being honest with you, I can only give you uh, my perspective from about half the match on. Well, I can not, I did not fall asleep, but I can tell you, I do not watch NXT UK. I will be honest. I also do not watch 205 Live, Yep. but I know all about Pete Dunne. I've seen all of his matches and the takeovers and the special. I dig Pete Dunne in the, in the limited amount that I've seen him. I, I really like his character and the intensity that he shows. Pete Dunne is awesome, but at 600 days, whatever it was, it was time for it a new champ. Time. And Walter, as I just mentioned, when a guy debuts and he shouldn't lose and all this stuff, Walter is a guy that should run through everybody for a while. I want to say he's the Brock Lesnar of UK. But he's a guy that does not <laughs> – we'll get to Brock later. <laughs> but Walter is a guy who's just going to mow over guys for a while. And, you know, I don't know if uh, – I don't know if I'll remember it later, but Pete Dunne is someone that uh, the main roster may be getting soon. So we'll see about that. Up next we have Shayna Baszler, who retained her title over Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Zane. What do you think? I thought that was a killer match. Uh, again, the women always bring it as they have done within the last, like, what, five years or so. Absolutely. They have just 
killed it every time. Uh, I was not very sold on Bianca Belair on her last uh, takeover. I, I, again, I, I like watching NXT when I can. I don't always, so I haven't really been privy to the buildup that she's experienced. Uh, through the vignettes and stuff that they did before those matches, I was kind of able to get brought up on the story. Um, I think it's a really cool story because, you know, someone who may not be deserving, and then she shows you, yeah, I do deserve to be here, and she brings it. And it was awesome. I thought it was great. Plus the other ladies, awesome. Those those ladies were really good. Uh, Sky Shirai Pirates. And, yeah, Sky Pirates, exactly. They told a really good story in the ring. And I'm of course Shayna. You know, of course Shayna. We know Shayna. We, <laughs> She's evil. <laughs> right. Sam Roberts caught some heat on uh, January, I believe, at the Rumble Takeover when he pretty much said Bianca Belair's, you know, not deserving. And what is she doing A waste at this of space? Yeah. Yeah, pretty harsh. I mean, obviously he's getting that from his ear, so of he course, can yeah. he can deny it all he wants. But you know, that's what it is. And, and you know, he's 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 making controversy, and I bet you more people are listening to him because oh, what's he going to get in trouble for this time? You know, right? It, it goes that way too. And you know, I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not a fan of Sam Roberts and all these uh, different guys coming in the panel, and you know, clearly just trying to agreed. Yeah, <laughs> just sounding like idiots, but. You know, in that case, I did somewhat agree where Belair, I thought, still had some stuff to prove, but I thought she did at the takeover in January. She more than proved herself there. Absolutely, yeah. And EST and strongest and fastest and quickest and best and all this stuff that she says. And to me, the fact that she was the one who lost, not Zayn or Shirai, that tells me Belair may also be somebody not necessarily long for NXT. Oh, I, I could see that. I could see them bumping up. Bumping her up to the main roster, she would fit in well with like the likes of Naomi and Carmella and stuff like that. Yeah, um, she has the gimmick already down, and just the fact that to me, again, it could mean nothing. I, I could be wrong, but just the fact she lost at the takeover, and then came here in a fatal four-way where they could have pinned or submitted anyone, right. and it was her again, two takeovers in a row. <laughs> and that hair. <laughs> the hair. I am jealous of the hair. You know the thing. <laughs> uh, the thing about her though is like when she was on the takeover in January, I was shocked. This time around, I was like, yeah, she definitely deserves her spot there. She deserves right. to be in the picture, at least. Yep, she deserves it by now. And it's funny because uh, Kyrie Zane, which if we don't mention again later on, Paige is apparently bringing up a tag team that was teased on SmackDown. Oh, you know, I didn't put two and two together until right now. May have to uh, watch out for that. Just saying. All right, our main event, we are going to have a first-time-ever NXT champion crown. It was either going to be Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, one or the two, and... It was a two out of three falls. Who did you think was going to win going in? Going in, I kind of, I kind of thought it was going to be Gargano. Okay, um, I, I thought Gargano, but I thought if he was going to pay off the story, it had to be over Champa, right? You'd think. You'd think so. But they had to put the title on somebody at this point. Yeah, they they had to, I think, do it at this point. And you know, it may have been a call up, it may have just been a tease, but. I think Gargano going to the main roster a month or two ago, I think that's kind of out the window now after the yeah. Ciampa injury. I think they're kind of back to where they wanted to be, and Triple H is probably more happy about that than Vince. But I I think I said it on Twitter. My my head said Adam Cole and get the Undisputed Era, kind of back of being a dominant faction, but my heart was like, you know, you know, after a year, two-year story, it's got to be Gargano finally winning. Finally doing it, yeah. And Adam Cole's going to have his time, whether it's on NXT or he, they move him up, which I thought they were going to do a little bit sooner than they have. Um, I honestly thought that maybe what well, we can get into, you know, the Raw after Mania and whatnot, I, I thought that would have been a perfect spot, and they blew a big chance to bring them in in such a 
dominant way. They blew it. They blew it. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but I do agree in the fact that anytime they're ready to come up, I think it has to be as a faction. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Adam Cole is a great storyteller. I, I, you know, even he'll face whatever people, Adam Cole, baby, <laughs> baby. everybody does it. I mean, I, you rarely hear ovations that loud. And uh, he's he's going to be a big thing when, but he has to come up with his boys behind him because physique wise and what like how Vince likes to stack the roster with big guys, he's got to have something behind him to tell the story. Right, I would argue the Vince thing. I mean, just look at the champions right now. But either way, he's changing his mind. I, think I definitely think he's coming around and getting out of that big guy stereo, but he still leans towards it. Yeah, he's you know, got. He likes them. He still likes them. He's got XFL to worry about pretty soon. So, on the whole, what did you think of the show? Especially, I thought the peak of the night, obviously, Champa and Candace coming out for the nice celebration. That was that was heartfelt. I, I almost expected Champa to throw him through the screen again. <laughs> I I did think it for a split second, especially when the little copyright bug came in the bottom left corner. Yep. That they always tease. Oh, the show's over. No, it's not. But. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he could. But have. then was... I remembered, you know, no bump list. <laughs> right. That kind of surgery you don't even mess with. So I was like, it could be, or maybe Candace would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. I guess I would say that was just, you know, the icing on top of the cake. The perfect way to end it. And takeovers get better and better in my mind. And this may be the best one yet. Yeah, I agree. The takeovers. I wonder how they can outdo themselves. And then the card comes out and the talent shines every time, and it really makes the main roster work. I, yes. And I think that's important. It is important. Before getting to WrestleMania 35, I'm going to throw in a quick plug here, the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. Now we move over to WrestleMania, the 400-hour show that began at 2 a.m. And, and that was, I mean, I had, I had the stream on all day long, but it was on mute most of the day. <laughs> I turned it on, I think at like three something, I arrived at my brother's condo and, you know, we hung out then and watched it. Up first, we had Tony Nese over Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. So you want to just jump right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to jump right into it. I get you. I, I just want to say before we get into it that for the first time in a couple of years, I was actually genuinely excited for this mess, WrestleMania. They okay. they built it up really well. Um, uh, the stories I was behind, even the ones that I didn't follow, like the cruiserweights and all that, mm-hmm. I was still excited to see it. I was happy that it was Mania time. Um, I thought that uh, for the first time since that big – uh, 100,000 people that just kind of flopped with Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose being in one of the... Reigns and Triple was, H. That was just... I mean... Rock uh, versus Rowan for 30 seconds. Yeah, right? So, like, I was I haven't been as keen, you know, on WrestleMania in the last couple of years. And last year, it just felt like a glorified show. I mean, it was WrestleMania, and, and I was trying to be excited, but just looking at it, the way they presented it, it just felt like a really long Raw. Right. I think this year was definitely more stacked, and I'm a little disappointed they did not release the network numbers. They usually do the day after Mania and kind of show the peak number, but they said a few months ago they weren't going to do it, and they didn't. So do you watch 205 Live? Because I do not. I don't. Um, I I work a lot and you know family stuff and all that, so I watch what I can when I can, but 205 Live is one that always goes over. Right. I, I think I watched the debut episode, and yeah. then when the big thing happened and Triple H kind of took over, I watched to see what it was. And, you know, nothing against it. I'm sure they're all great and amazing and hardworking, and everyone says they're super talented. And I know they are, but they if I— They put on great matches. 
Yeah, and on pay-per-views, there are always great matches and everything, but in terms of, you know, hours during a week, they can only go around so many times, and 205 Live, and same with NXT UK, it's just not anything where it's like, well, now i got to sit down and watch it. Right, exactly, yep. So, Tony Nese ended up defeating Buddy Murphy. Do you have any thoughts on this? I have a few. Um... I think Tony I Tony Nice deserves it. I think he he's a really good worker. I watched the uh, the Cruiserweight Classic when they did that uh, before two hundred five live. Um, I thought he put in awesome work. I was really impressed with the way he handled his his character and what he could do in the ring. He really got a chance to show it off. So I thought Tony Nice was actually really awesome um, and deserved it. Uh, Buddy Murphy. He's a great worker, but I still don't like him from uh, uh, his NXT with uh, Blake. Let Blake and Murphy tag team fell flat on me, and I didn't like those guys one bit. So is I he s- the one with Alexa Bliss? Rumored to be, or is it confirmed? I don't know. They were on yeah. Total Divas. I never remember if it's Blake or Murphy. I want to say it's Murphy. It was. Though. It was Murphy. It was. Yeah, it was the redhead, the Australian one. Okay. Um, I don't have a whole ton of thoughts. I'm glad Tony Nese won the tournament. So they did build him up for the past month. He won, you know, qualifying matches and the big tournament to become the number one contender. But Buddy Murphy, again, not to break any news or anything, but I actually had this, uh, I want to say a month and a half ago, he was losing the title and I don't know if it's to be with Bliss or if it's just to be rewarded for getting in great shape and carrying 205 Live, but I would not be shocked, and actually I do expect him to be either on NXT or the main roster within probably a week. So up next we have Carmella winning the oh. WrestleMania <laughs> Women's Battle Royal. What do you think? Well, no, I I, I should take that uh, back. Um, I'll do it then. Uh. <laughs> you don't like her, huh? I'm fine with it, but second year in a row. Naomi won last year, and it's Carmella. Can, like, can we do something with the winners here? And you know they yeah exactly both battle royals really yes um, yes both I I you know whatever I really thought maybe Asuka should have taken that one um, I think they've kind of uh, bungled her character her presence really uh, she's a real strong force coming in and then just you know and I think the taking the title from her right before Mania that was I mean how can you not be offended like or take slight at that like hey come on insulted it would be my word I think um if they end up unifying the women's titles like the tag titles and they go back and forth you know I'll get it makes Becky obviously the woman or the man in the whole company so I understand then sacrificing Asuka but if they do just split them up in like a week or two and then there's back to a Smackdown or Raw champion then yeah Asuka could have held it what a waste she could have kept it they could have found a way around it and that goes back to whole including Charlotte in the match in the first place personally I wanted oh boy we can get get into that one oh I'm sure we will yeah Personally, I was surprised Ember Moon was back. and Yeah, I, I if, hadn't thought about her in a long time. If you wanted a surprise winner, I mean, to me, Ember Moon sure would have been better than Carmella, and you could even make a case better than Asuka, because I think Asuka will be fine at the end of it. You know, she'll come out of it fine. But Ember Moon, you know, probably could use a little bit of a bump and do something cool, and I've just always been a fan of her. So of all the people in there, even the NXT people, Again, a few teases for some stuff coming up next week. Again, though, Carmella. Yeah, I mean, and what are they gonna do? You know, like, what what story is she involved in? What right? What is this building up to? Like, if Asuka would have won or Ember Moon, even you could have built off of that story. You know, Asuka got the title taken from her at right before WrestleMania, so now she's building her way back up. Or Ember Moon returning from whatever it was that was keeping her way and build her back up. But Carmella, she's gonna dance about it. 
Right, and she right. didn't even do the dance break. She did it later. And right. you know, I've always I've always been taught, you know, as bad as things are, they can always be worse. And it's true. Instead of Carmelo, we almost had Sarah Logan winning. <laughs> or uh, you know, it could have been worse where Ellsworth would have come out and oh boy. you know, started fighting with our truth because he's jealous. Because I know you're a big fan of his. Ellsworth is whatever. <laughs> Worthless. Oh yeah, Ellsworthless. <laughs> All right. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. The losing streak is over. They defeated the revival. For the Raw Tag Team Titles, big shock. Big shock, absolutely. Uh, I I honestly did not expect them to 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 give it to Hawkins and Ryder. Um, I, but I I was I thought it was really cool that they lobbied and campaigned their way to get a tag match on uh, WrestleMania because leading up to it. That was only announced, what, like a few days beforehand or whatnot? Yeah, because Ricochet and Aleister Black got the tag title match on, on the SmackDown. on the Raw before, oh, and right. then after Raw, they did the Hawkins and Ryder thing, and then on SmackDown, Black and Ricochet suddenly entered the SmackDown Live tag team title picture out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we didn't completely forget we have two tag divisions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they had been building Usos and Hardys, and then that was thrown out the window, and then we ended up seeing it on the SmackDown after, and we saw what happened there. Right. So I'm I'm glad Hawkins and Ryder again. Not to keep saying it, I've repeated myself a few times, but the revival uh, this may uh, have something to do with their plans for next week, which we'll get to. I thought it was interesting. Uh, the first three winners of the night, besides them being a lot of face winners of the whole night, uh, Tony Nice, New York, Carmella, obviously, and Hawkins and Ryder, all for the New York market. So I don't know if many people caught that, but that's nice for the hometown crowd. Up next, we had the well. Talk about waste of space. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, yeah. Braun Strowman against the Saturday Night Live Clowns. Did you enjoy this <laughs> at all? Did you laugh? Um, I laughed. I'll, I'll admit it. I did laugh. Uh, I'm a big fan of Saturday Night Live. I've been watching it since I was a kid, so I obviously know Joseph and, and Che from that. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a waste of space. <laughs> okay. I'm all for the celebrity involvement. I actually look forward to it each year. If you notice, there also was not a celebrity inductee into the Hall of Fame this year. So oh. I was actually looking forward to that kind of little stuff. I like the little cross stuff. But the problem was they didn't even get a mention on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I noticed that. Braun didn't show up. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I don't watch it. I don't even know if it's new. But if they don't get anything out of this, then I don't understand anything at all. They're under the same umbrella. It's NBC Universal, so right. it's not like they're mixing waters or anything. It's the same company. It's all for the same goal. But nothing happened out of it, and Braun ended up winning. Well, he also of won course. the greatest Royal Rumble. Nothing happened, so... Do you think anything will happen with Braun now? Is he going to team with a kid again? No, I think he's going to be, I mean, we saw him. I think they're going to build up, and I don't know how soon it's going to happen, but I would. I could see them uh, putting Strowman and, and Lars Sullivan face-to-face like they did. Or uh, uh, Samoa Joe, like they did on SmackDown. That was impressive when he came out. You know, there's a lot of uh, different things that uh, this next week thing, you know, a lot of dream matches that actually – are being realized that you never even thought about like Strowman and, and Samoa Joe. That didn't cross my mind till they did it. And it was like, Hey, this, this could be something. <laughs> no, I didn't even think of that one either. That's a good point. But the key word there is SmackDown. So we will get to that. 
Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar opened the show. Big surprise. Apparently, even Hulk Hogan and Alexa Bliss did not know about it. As they were posing, it was that that last-minute change that all of a sudden Paul Heyman came out. And he said, screw this. If we're not last, we're first, which is actually a true mentality a lot of people have because it's the hottest crowd and it's the biggest moment, the beginning of the show. So if you're not last, you want to be first. Seth Rollins came back from the pre-match attack and ends up winning the title in barely two minutes. Thank you. God for that. I don't care how much hate I get for this. Brock Lesnar can shove it. Whoa. He can go to Las Vegas and choke on it for all I care. Tired of Brock Lesnar. Done with Brock Lesnar. I hope he gets the crap kicked out of him in the UFC. I hope Daniel Cormier just wipes the mat with him. I'd like to see him bleeding. I'd like to see him just lose out and then go and sit home and be like, oh, count my millions. Nah, nah, nah. And with Sable. Yeah, he's got Sable too, but, you know, that's what you get for being Brock Lesnar. <laughs> the beast. Well, I don't know what he's going to choke on in Vegas. I'll stay away from that one. But <laughs> I'm a fan of him. I get it. He's a special attraction. You know, I also thought Rousey would do the same. And actually when Nakamura debuted, I thought he would have been a good guy to kind of pop up every month or two and have a big dream match with, you know, Sami Zayn and NXT did. And then he fought everybody. You know, Dolph Ziggler was his pay-per-view debut. I mean, we're not going to get into Nakamura too much, but I thought he would have been a good SmackDown special attraction while Raw had Brock Lesnar. And Rousey, now with her taking off, I think now she can be kind of the next one to pop up every few months, do something, and go. She did the full-time schedule. She doesn't really need to prove it anymore. We know she loves the everything about it. So I'm glad Rollins won. I think we both picked him to win the Rumble. Yeah. And both picked him here to win the title. I think it was cool. Started the show off hot, get everything trending. You know, they love that stuff. Yeah. So it was a good spot for him. And then you get the, you know, because my loathe for Brock Lesnar, get it done and out of the way, and I can enjoy the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It was perfect. It's like, let's do this. Let's crown the new champion. You know, the women are main eventing. So there's no reason to get anything kind of confused or muddy the waters a little bit. Do you think? Brock will, I think he's going to do UFC. Do you think Brock will get back in the squared circle? Everybody likes money, right? Sure. And, you know, from what the rumor was of what he got paid for this last run around, I mean, who wouldn't turn that down? It's the same reason why I don't fault WWE for doing Saudi Arabia shows. I mean, you can't, you're a business. Your whole point of being a business is to make money. And, and they do gonna, it. Who's, yeah, and who's going to turn down that kind of paycheck? Right. I'm glad you mentioned Saudi Arabia. I think Brock will be back for that show. I think he's advertised for that show, actually. Uh, Okay. That's like the last date uh, on his contract. I could see, you know, the rematch with Rollins. I could also just see some tag match where he just gets up and walks away and doesn't do a single (laughs) thing and just literally says, screw it, and then goes to UFC this summer. So I don't know if SummerSlam, but, you know, maybe Survivor Series. And next year's Mania, you know, Brock could be right back, maybe for Lars or even the Strowman thing they kind of ditched on for a while. But I'm glad Rollins is the champion. His speech on Monday kind of said it. You know, it is time for a full-time champ. As much as I love Brock and his whole special attraction act and how he's just like the biggest jerk in the world, it's time for someone to be there each week. It's fine to be an attraction and to show up and be a monster and run through, but you don't need to have the title to do that. I think the title needs to stay on the program. Uh, I was a bit, now I know you disagree with me on this as well. I was a big fan of CM Punk, and I think his stance of you know having the title kind of be the center point and everything kind of fans out from there. I, I be, call me old school. I think that's the way the main show should be. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of CM Punk regardless because 
you know, people forget this, but before he walked out in January 2014, I had just finished my 2013 best of lists and countdowns and all that BS that people do at the end of the year. He was either first, second, or third in almost every category. So I was definitely a fan, but unfortunately, once he left, it doesn't turn professional, it turns personal, which always sucks. And everything I have got over the years, and especially because little tidbit, I know somebody that trains where he trains. And yeah, a lot of the uh, the lawsuit stuff. And unfortunately, if that's kind of the person he wants to be, then kind of his in-ring stuff kind of goes out the window for me. I suppose. I, I don't know any of that stuff, so I, my opinion on him hasn't been soured. The only thing he did against me was he didn't show up at my wedding when I invited him. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but I did, uh, I did try for it. I reached out to someone I knew. Oh, that, that was very uh, kind of you. In the company, a uh, little uh, corporate email. And, yeah, everyone, I believe, was in SummerSlam that weekend. Yep. Everyone was in Brooklyn. Yep. It was just, yeah. So up next, we have AJ Styles over Randy Orton. Were you surprised by this? Um, You know, to be honest, I was kind of indifferent on this match. I uh, didn't mind who won. I just was hoping for a good match. Um, So I, I wouldn't say I was surprised because both of them are great talents, and as long as it was a good match, I was happy. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I was just kind of fine with whoever. I leaned towards AJ just because they made it about the battle over SmackDown, and any time it's about, you know, who's claiming what territory, you do kind of lead towards, you know, the newer star. I know AJ's kind of up there in age, but, you know, the veteran Randy Orton is going to lose. That's just kind of how these things go. The uh, new person kind of beats the old person. And the little controversy in the match was that there were, like, some bright lights or something blocking it and i was at mania in orlando two years ago yep and i had the same thing i believe it was for the women's fatal four-way match which people probably don't even remember but bailey retained her title in that match but i believe it was during that match and yes the bright light the whole time just completely killed it you couldn't see anything and people were chanting i think it was blue light which was funny because the song that night was green light (laughs) by pitbull i think or somebody but it was funny it was a big blue light and I can attest to it. So I'm glad AJ won. And, well, another tease for Superstar Shakeup. I believe one of those two will go to Raw. So we will move I on. I almost assume. I mean, I'll go right out and say it's going to be AJ because he hasn't done much on Raw yet. Well, <laughs> no spoilers. No, but. no spoilers. But um, I'm glad AJ won too. I, I really like him. Um, I wouldn't say I followed him, but I remember when he was like a little snot-nosed kid in TNA, and he had the <laughs> had that whole whiny gimmick going. And then to see him, you know, move up through the ranks and do what he did in Japan, and just the how his work ethic just turned around, and he was just awesome. All of a sudden, when he came into WWE, I was like, about time. It was awesome. Right, and it is, um, you know, it's a little bit shocking, but you know, you think about it, he's already been at four manias. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's kind of surprising, you know, the Jericho one, the Nakamura one, Shane McMahon two years ago, and then obviously Orton, and obviously you could, you know, four big-time opponents there. Right on, yeah. So he, well, he's, except for Shane, I mean, whatever. <laughs> hey, that may have been match of the night. <sighs> I was there. That was a hot opener. But regardless, you know, it is surprising that he's still there. And What else can I jump off of? <laughs> <laughs> the camera platform. There we Why go. Why not? Sure. So... Um, if it's a battle for SmackDown, you know, I would say AJ is the one who stays. But oh, yeah. moving on to the tag title match for SmackDown, um, the Usos, they retained over Aleister Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, and The Bar. All right, I'm going to call my shot right here. Call it. Now, a little backstory. Uh, you and I used to work together back in the day. 
And when Kofi Kingston made his debut, we're not I, on Kofi. What are you no, talking I know, about? No, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. When he made his debut, I called it right then and there that he was going to be a big star. You to did. Which somebody disagreed with me. That would be and me, and we'll get to that. Where we are. You were so right. You were right. I'm calling my shot right now, Alistair Black, and I don't want to jinx it. Jinx it. I think not that he's going to be doing the same persona or uh, stigma as, but he's got the. He's got the vibe about him. I think he's going to take Undertaker's slot. Wow. And this is Steve Madsen, ladies and gentlemen. Here's here's where I want to run with this. I like the fatal four-way thing because he didn't didn't lose. Right. So the Undertaker's streak story is a brilliant story. Unfortunately, that's a story that takes 20 years of planning. <laughs> uh, yes. And if they were going to start with Aleister Black, they need to start him now. Indeed. So the fact that, he, yeah, he was on the losing side, he didn't actually lose. So they could very well maybe start positioning him and providing that he doesn't, you know, get too injured or grow too old too quickly or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, they. I see him as being that, you know... Uh, mysterious enigma mm-hmm. that you don't quite understand but you know he's a badass and you know he's just gonna lay waste to whatever's in his way yeah he might get hit and knocked down a couple of times but he's always gonna come back he's always gonna rise up I see him as being the next uh, dead man just uh, not dead uh, <laughs> no don't jinx that I like it. He's got the music. He's got the persona. He's got the aura around him. And he's already got Selena Vega, just like Undertaker and Michelle McCool. So <laughs> what more could you ask for? I'm uh, Usos, I thought, again, kind of like the War Raiders. This was kind of one of the easy ones to predict. It's For me, I always like to do process of elimination on uh, multi-man matches. So the bar, no, we've done that like four or five times. Yeah. Kind of done with that. Seen that. Rusev and Nakamura, I don't know what they're doing. And then Black and Ricochet, I don't know if they're going to stay together, but... I want them to be single stars, but you know what? This tag team is kind of working for me. The tag team is awesome. I'll give it that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I do want to see both of them shine on their individual. Uh, you know, if they were going to be a tag team, that, that's something that they should have had from the get-go because, I mean, right now it just looks like, hey, we got two of you, go. Right. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to go, and they go. And then they night. go. <laughs> and it's just awesome to watch. But, yeah, I do want to see them flourish as single stars. They definitely earn that spotlight. Absolutely. Speaking of the best in the world, Shane McMahon, his first one-on-one pay-per-view victory since SummerSlam 2003. Yes, that is 15 and a half years ago when he beat Eric Bischoff at SummerSlam 2003. He defeated The Miz also in a false count anywhere match. He must win those a lot. Shane hasn't won in 15 and a half years on a singles match, one-on-one pay-per-view. What do you think? Yeah, but did he, I mean... Did he really? Did he really? He said on SmackDown, he of bragged course, it up. And... Uh, well, of course he did, because that's what he does, because he's a McMahon. And Miz and, wasn't there. And Miz wasn't there. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest with you, at this point, I made food. <laughs> you get food beforehand. <laughs> yeah, well, I got hungry. It was a long show. Um, <laughs> that's I did, what the promo videos are for. I did come in at the end of it and did witness the fight through the arena up to the platform and was actually transfixed as I'm like, like, oh, God, wh- who's going to die now? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the please don't die chant. Yeah, yeah. That's what the match was within a few minutes. I think it was even the first minute. They were already brawling everywhere. The Miz's yeah. dad got in the ring and squared I saw, up. I saw a picture of that later. I'm that like, was, really? That, that would be worth 
just going back to watch. Right. It was hilarious. He came in and put his fists up, and Shane was just laughing at him. Crowd was going nuts for it. Um, I'm going to assume this feud continues. I don't think any of them are going in the Superstar shakeup, so they can continue this for a little bit, and then obviously Miz will probably win some gimmick match next month. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, it actually, though, was the first time that I kind of got behind the Miz as a face. I've never really been a... Not that I don't, I, I respect the guy. I think he's a great worker, and the reason why I don't like him is because he does his job very well. Um, he is a great heel, and when they tried to turn him face a couple of years ago, I was just not behind that, and nobody was. No. And so then they brought him back to heel, and he does great work as a heel because, you know what, I hate him. I hate the Miz. <laughs> Mike, I think Mike is awesome and talented, and he was nice to my wife when uh, she saw him at a SmackDown Live. He was the only superstar cool. that came out to the crowd. Nice. So Mike, I got a soft spot in my heart for. The Miz, I hate him, and that's the way it's supposed to be, Right. in my opinion. That is how it's supposed to be, and you're right, Mike. Uh, he is the guy, you know, any extra interviews, media, any traveling, he'll be the first one to raise his hand, and that is why he gets these things and also that WWE Championship run in 2011 to main event WrestleMania. So I am... Still, that's comical to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I do, you know, I hope he gets back to that spot. He does deserve it. I mean, he works hard. He puts on great matches. Every time he's in the ring, he's a threat. You know, you, there's always the chance that he could pull it off, and regardless of the odds. So he does do very well, but the main event was still funny to me. <laughs> it was funny. I think 2011, there was still the whole uh, size thing, but I think now in 2019, like, nobody cares. Nobody, no. So he could easily fit in with everyone else. Up next, we had the women's tag team titles. Again, another fatal four-way just to kind of throw everyone on the card. The Iconics defeated the Boston Hug Connection, which is Bailey and Sasha Banks. And Nia Jackson, Tamina, and Beth Phoenix, and Natalia. This is a minor upset, but I was rooting for the Iconics, but I did think Bailey and Sasha would pull it out. I thought Bailey and Sasha were going to pull it out. Um, and that was just because they went in as champions. So, you know, I always kind of tend to favor on that side. Right, yep. Um, again, this was one match that I was just hoping for a good one. Lots of awesome spots and all that. When they did raise the Iconics hand, I, I remember thinking back to when I saw him on NXT. There was a point there where I watched NXT religiously and watching the Iconics and uh, that backstory of Peyton and Billy having grown up together. They trained together. They came into the business together. Giving them the title, especially at Mania, I thought that was well-deserved and you know I, I, they got an applause out of me for that one. Yeah, it was a nice throwback to Edge and Christian winning the titles at WrestleMania 2000, and then you can show them as kids growing up and doing everything. And then there they were at the uh, top of the ladder holding the titles at the biggest show of the year. <laughs> Trying their best not to fall off. <laughs> right. No, that would kind of ruin the moment. Um, do you have any uh, thoughts on Beth Phoenix returning? Anything on Nia Jackson, Tamina, or even the Sasha Banks controversy from this week? You know, I did see that Sasha Banks controversy. I... Yeah, I, I, but I did see a picture of her with Kalisto and all them down just taking a vacation. So maybe she just kind of got, I don't know. I I think she gets moody, <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. She, she gets upset or whatever. <laughs> Easy there. I don't know. Um, the, um, yeah, Wendy Williams, you know, that whole cancellation yeah. show crap. She, um, she said it was a family thing, and if you know Sasha Banks' family, 
I think it is kind of just left to leave it at that, and they can kind of deal with it. I am going to, though, say I'm glad Beth Phoenix came back for this one match. It was nice to see Beth Phoenix. If she wants to stick around, more power to her. She's obviously married to Edge and has connections with the company. They love her. She's in the Hall of Fame. She's done commentaries, so she's always welcome. And she didn't show any rust. I mean, she looked good in the ring. She she looks to be in great shape. She was moving around very well. She wasn't kind of slow and lumbering. They didn't have to carry her. She actually had some really good spots. Speaking of slow and lumbering, Nia Jackson, Tamina, I don't care for them. Oh, if they want to, <laughs> the truth, if they want to get uh, sent back down to NXT, I'm all for it. And actually, I almost don't say that as an insult because I'm all for some Raw and SmackDown guys going down to NXT, which Tyson Kidd did for a while. Yeah. And even and Zack Cesaro. Ryder and Cesaro. And I'm all for that for a lot. But more importantly, it'd be for them to kind of get out of the way for a while. I mean, even wasting, I think it was a match with Ronda Rousey back in December. Yeah. You know, just a waste of time. And. A part of me wants Beth Phoenix to stick around, but another part of me does not want to see her turn into Mickey James, the mm. respected veteran who came back and had some buzz and everything. And it's been, what now, like a year or two, and Mickey James is pretty much doing nothing. Yeah, I barely recognize her in the Rumble. <laughs> no, and that's too bad. So It is, it really is. So my heart kind of says, Beth, you know, you came back for one match. You can, you know, obviously retire now or officially retire but if she wants to stick around, I'm also all for that. So before we get to the WWE Championship match, which I'm sure we'll have a nice discussion about, Uh-oh. I'm going to throw in a quick little plug again. This is the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube, and always rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And 411mania.com is the website for my great articles and everything else you need in entertainment. Steve, anything you want a quick plug before getting to Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan? Well, as I said in the beginning of the show, I do have a, a musical project called The Resonant Complex. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all the places where music is sold. Also, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just type in The Resonant Complex, you should be able, we have a video for each one of the songs off of the debut record, North Ave, which can be purchased anywhere. Awesome. So, Kofi Kingston, the 11-year journey over Daniel Bryan. Uh- my boy, my boy. Do you want to even talk about it, or do you just want to kind of get into it? What do you think? Let's let's go. I mean, number one, the match was awesome. Uh, it was the, awesome. The build was great. Probably best match of the night on yep. a on a show that honestly, not to jump ahead, but you know, not a whole lot of like classic matches you're going to remember for years to come. Right. Um, the build was awesome. Very, very similar to the Daniel Bryan build, which I thought was then just fitting to have him in that position. And B be plus the, player. Right. And then <laughs> to be the, uh, the antagonist in that whole thing. It was, he pulled it off great. When they, when they turned Daniel Bryan heel, I was very skeptical. I didn't know how he'd handle it because he had such a big crowd response. But right. give it to Daniel Bryan. He's he knows how to work a crowd. I like how we went from if Daniel Bryan loses, we riot to if Daniel Bryan wins, we riot. <laughs> right? But that's how great of a character he's been since November Amazing. returning. It's been awesome. All right, you so You can tell he's been pondering stuff like this all his whole time off. Oh yeah, he's the guy who legit wants his dream match to be against a bear. <laughs> yes, a bear. Yes. So you're the big Kofi Kingston fan. I'm not going to say I ever was, and I'm not going to sit here and try to lie to all of you. So <laughs> you're the Kofi guy, so go ahead. Talk Dude, about him. He's earned it. Um, like I said, uh, 2008, I first saw him, and uh, I thought the Jamaican gimmick was hilarious, but I loved I loved what I saw as far as his, his technique, his skills, what he was able to do in the ring. I was sold, and I was, I was following him. I didn't necessarily like the gimmick, but I wanted to see more of Kofi. 
And then as he got in there, I kind of was like, hey, where'd your accent go? <laughs> but I still followed him. And then the New Day thing was just killer, how they just took this idea and exploded with it. And now it's a it's a brand on its own. They could, you know, he's basically made a name for himself where he could do anything for the rest of his life based on what he's done just this last couple of years. I would say almost now on merch sales, they're probably set alone, which, by the way, they had the title shirt before he even won the title. <laughs> I heard about that. Um, oh, funny. So I'm going to give my little counter here. It is true. Everything about it since Kofi, I've never really been sold on him. Mr. Steve here has, and kudos to him. He deserves all the props in the world. He was right. I was wrong. So I can admit that. And That's I, on tape. That is on tape. <laughs> you can write it down. My thing with Kofi is, I said it before, but I love the Kofi Kingston we saw at the Elimination Chamber. The serious, the scratching, clawing, fighting back underdog. That's who I wanted to see. That's what we got in this build. I thought the match, again, easily the best of the night. The problem is, I believe it was even two days after the Chamber, his great performance and everything, the first thing we see is Kofi hanging around with Biggie and Xavier Woods throwing pancakes, and I think they were making some stupid booty joke or something. It's like, no. Not right back down. I thought right away, like, oh, he's falling back to old habits again. And at some point, somebody has to say something like, can we move on from this? But, but why? It's entertaining. Uh, I love it. Dude, throw pancakes, man. <laughs> throw pancakes, throw waffles, whatever it is. It gets everybody interested. And bootios. And bootios, man. That's I your mean, champ. You know? So Awesome. I'm Killer. All, I'm love all for it. Kofi. I love it. I thought the story was great. I thought the comeback. I was... Uh, of the four other people at the uh, WrestleMania party Sunday, I was the one trying to actually stand up for Kofi because everyone else was saying, no, he's intercontinental level, and I don't think he's going to win. And I was the one saying, no, this is WrestleMania. This is an 11-year journey. Kofi's going to win. We're this, telling stories here, folks. We're telling stories. And the story was clearly Kofi doing it, and I thought it was a nice little touch that New Day had brought a gift out earlier. We didn't know what it was. And then it was the championship <laughs> to show they were that confident in them that they were already getting them the title. Yep, I did. Uh, I did think it was fitting that when they pulled out the new title, it already had his plates on there. Like, hmm. Yes. Where did kayfabe go? <laughs> where did it go? <laughs> Thrown out the window like the pancakes. Like the pancakes, just uh, like pancakes, gone. <laughs> all right. Before moving on to the U.S. title match, where do you think? Kofi goes from here. Brian was not on SmackDown. So um, is Kofi long-term? Is this kind of a thank you one-month run for your services? What do you think? It, it, that's interesting. Um, I, I'd like to think it'd be a little bit longer. I don't think he needs to have a massive record-breaking run. Um, uh, from the little bit that I read, uh, I heard Daniel Bryan may potentially be injured. Oh, boy. Um, don't know for certain. But um, I'd like to see him at least maybe get at least through one pay-per-view and defend it and then maybe, you know, have a build-up or whatnot to, to where he can't. I think it's a little scary that Kofi Kingston wins the title and his biggest fan is worried about one month retaining the title. Well, because they, they have a tendency. I mean, what was it, just a couple of years ago, Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title? Loses one day. it in 24 hours. Right. Uh, it's happened several times. I where... thought he'd lose the tag titles the next night, too. I to thought that, revival. too. I honestly thought that was happening, too. <laughs> right. So, and then, uh, you know, I got scared when they did that winner-take-all at, at on Raw. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, here we go. Somebody's yep. going to lose it. And one then, day. And, and you and I were texting at the time. I was like, dude, this Scary. has to schmoz out. It has to, right? I mean, yeah. they're not going to build up and build up just to tear it down. 
but they do that sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to show a little bit more confidence just because this was WrestleMania, WWE Championship. I don't know if you necessarily throw that away. If Kofi won it in October, November, December, yeah, he'd probably win it for a month and then get rid of it. But since this was put all this effort into the one thing, WrestleMania, I don't think you can immediately flush it. So I assume he'll have the title for a while and maybe some new challengers over on SmackDown Live soon. Yeah, we'll maybe. I mean... It's going to be pretty crazy. It will be. The Superstar Shakeup is next week. Speaking of a guy I think will be moving, Samoa Joe, United States Championship oh boy. match. You think, oh. he's, you think he's leaving SmackDown? Huh? Well, he holds a title, so think about who would be coming in return. Right, right. I think um, his match against Rey Mysterio was what it was. I mean, Mysterio was hurt, he but was hurt. also I think you know Joe kind of needed this. He's been hurt the last two manias, and actually this was, I believe, his debut at WrestleMania. Yeah, that I, if I recall, when I saw him walking down the aisle, I was I think that was the first time we've seen him at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, like you said, Ray was hurt. They were protecting him. You know, he felt like he could go, but why risk it? You know, and they can pay it off later. Yeah, know, I mean, give him a good match and. And no Mysterio on SmackDown Live either, for the record. I think um, one minute, you know, I would have liked to see it better. My uh, brother-in-law came over. <laughs> he was, uh, he's a big Mysterio fan. Oh, poor him. <laughs> I, I tried to tell him earlier. I tried to kind of lower. He's the pain. <laughs> he's, the, he's the pain. And then it happened, and he literally just thought that and was just like, what's going on? And come on. And then, are you kidding me? At the end, and then he literally left. Not even joking. Oh, wow. He came for that and sat through four hours at this point, whatever it was. And then he left. You know, again, I tried to tell him, but, you know, Samoa Joe, I'm fine with it. He can hold the title for a while for all I care. Absolutely. I I like Samoa Joe. I'm a big Samoa Joe fan. I think he's got the tendency to just be a wrecking ball that uh, every time he steps in the ring, you know you're going to get a good match, and you know he's a threat. Right, and I'm I'm a little torn, and we'll get to the superstar shakeup in a little bit. But I'm a little torn. I want to see the Braun Strowman showdown, but I also have them pretty much flip flopping shows. But we will get to that. Roman Reigns over Drew McIntyre. I'm a big Reigns fan, but yeah. I was actually hoping McIntyre here. But I I mean I picked Reigns. It's the comeback story. He's obviously going to win his first match since leukemia, first singles match, and unfortunately Drew just was kind of a you know default heel to beat. Yeah, um, cancer has touched a lot of people's lives, and it's it's a big thing. So when they do a, a story where he's coming back from that, they're not gonna have him, you know, job out at the at the biggest show. You know, uh, I I think, uh, you know, McIntyre needs to be protected as far as his monster status because he's got a big bright future as far as being a bad bad guy. Yes. Um. So it was kind of sad to see him have to take the fall on that one. But, I mean, the storyline itself was was good. It was good to see Roman Reigns back and healthy, and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I will uh, say two quick little points. I mean, 10 minutes was, I mean, I was hoping for a little bit more, but I believe the show actually peaked with Kofi Kingston, Kofi Mania. So from here it was, I don't want to say downhill, but it was kind of like, all right, let's just get to the main event, you know, with these next four matches. but. I'll say uh, two quick things. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Roman Reigns. There's no shame in losing the top guy. You know, you're not losing to Kurt Hawkins in a roll-up or whatever. <laughs> you know, you're losing to Roman Reigns. And also, let's not forget, 
Reigns was not really supposed to be back, so I could see some scrambling and going, oh, crap, now we have to find a heel, you know, even if it was Baron Corbin or whoever. So, unfortunately, it just kind of seemed like, oh, boy. It kind of seemed like Drew was kind of in a tough spot here where they're like, well, we got to have him beat somebody. But So I'll defend it in that way. But, yeah, Reigns, Drew, again, two guys who may or may not be switching next week. I will say Triple H versus Batista was next, and – I believe at one point we were trying to run through the matches of what was coming up left. And I want to say this one was my brother's most anticipated of the night. Really? Uh, It was. And I will quick say that was why this match took place. He is a casual fan. He knows 2005 WrestleMania 21 main events and Batista winning three straight pay-per-views over Triple H clean. So he knows that. He knows Drax. He knows, obviously, Triple H, and he knows the two names and the whole stipulation, no holds barred, career on the line. And that's why this match took place for the fan just like him, not for us diehards who are go, oh, two 50-year-olds walking around in a brawl for 25 minutes. (laughs) It's for, oh, wow, Batista's back after five years, and, hey, here's Triple H with his career on the line. It could be his last match. So I didn't necessarily, you know, it was fine for all the little tricks they did and stuff, but... You know, I get it. You know, I like that match. Um, I'll be honest with you on that one. Uh, I was really happy to see Batista back in the way that he was back because I think he got kind of a raw deal on his last run with the whole Blue Batista thing. Big time. Um, he was, and it was nothing against him. He was just wrong place, wrong time. The and same then, thing of Mysterio getting bur- booed as number thirty at the Rumble oh, because right. everybody wanted Daniel Bryan. I mean, yeah, and Batista lost at his three, you know, pay per views in a row to Daniel Bryan and then to the Shield twice. And it's right, like, and right. then people were hating on him. Like for what? For what? I mean, the dude still can work. And, you know, so I was happy to see him brought back the way he was. Um, he was definitely a credible threat. There was a point where it's like, you know, maybe it's time Triple H should hang it up. And it was good to see him, go, Batista, go out on his own terms. He wanted that match. Triple H gave it to him. And to me, I thought it, I thought it was a decent match for what it was. I did have a little bit of a comic when he tried to get in the ring and tripped up a little bit. But, oh hey, you know, that's the, if that's the first time he was in the ring in how long. You know, there's going to be a little bit of that there. So uh, I thought the match overall was good as far as being two 50-year-olds running around and brawling, and I really like the way they paid it off too. Yeah, I like <laughs> it with Flair coming in at the end. I like a uh, few things. One, I like that he did announce his retirement on Twitter right after the match at night. And, you know, I also like that he did take it seriously. He was down in Orlando actually setting up and doing the match and all that stuff. So he was there working with Triple H, who has, you know, two super busy schedules. So... I'm glad they put the thought and effort into making it what it was. And, you know, if Batista retires, he's obviously a Hall of Famer, so he can go in next year in Tampa or the year after. I believe he lives in Tampa, but he can go in whatever year, and, you know, that's how he wants to end his career. I'm happy for him. Well, yeah, and he's got to go fight Thanos. So. <laughs> in theater soon. <laughs> All right, up next, everybody's favorite son, Baron Corbin. Oh. He uh, he retired Kurt Angle. Um, of course he did. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know. What do you think? Um, okay, I don't know Baron Corbin personally. I don't have any soft spots or whatever. But um, I really, uh, I don't don't like Baron Corbin. I haven't really been <laughs> impressed with any of his work. But then again, he is. Maybe that's part of the whole job. Maybe that's what he's really good at is making you hate him. Cena would have been so much better, so much better. He he would have, but. See, I wrote this article a few weeks ago defending Corbin versus Angle. And really, 
I was all for Cena. The article was more of just to see their point of view of why they're doing it. It was right. just kind of a devil's advocate type thing. And, you know, I had a few reasons. One is that the company does see something in Baron Corbin. So regardless of what it is, people forget he's a Money in the Bank winner, which in terms tells people he's a future world champion. He's also a Money in the Bank loser. He is also Just a Money in the Bank loser. Just throw that in here. So is Cena. <laughs> so I will so is Damian Sandow. Oh, oh, boy. Oh. Moment of silence for Damian. You're welcome. <laughs> so... I mean, I can defend it by saying the company does see something in Baron, so he can now brag forever about retiring Angle. You can also say that a final faces match should be against the heel. The crowd should be booing their opponent. They shouldn't be cheering and dueling chants, Cena, Angle. Well, it's Angle's last match, so why would you want the crowd split? And you could also turn it around as the whole old-school veteran thing. You do lose your last match and go out on your back, and that's what Kurt Angle did. You can name every legend in the world that you want, and you know they pretty much lose their last match. So I would have liked Cena, but before moving on, we did see Cena earlier. We did. And that was pretty much their way of telling us, no, he's not coming out for Kurt Angle. <laughs> right. Pretty much to ease the crowd off and pull the Band-Aid off. Um, he interrupted yeah. Elias as uh, Doctor The of- Doctor of Thugonomics. Great segment. Great, Great segment. Okay. Uh, awesome. Uh, I was entertained. I mean, the whole th- the whole point. Why are we watching WrestleMania in the first place? <laughs> to be entertained, right? And this character was something we haven't seen for a long time. We got little glimpses of it when he was main eventing uh, with The Rock. You know, he brought out a little bit of it when he was trash talking and stuff. But we haven't seen full blown word life. In a long time. So it was refreshing, actually, and it was great. <laughs> it was cool to see, obviously, his theme music. I love it. And I'm going to quick say, did you enjoy the Cena Elias segment more or the Undertaker Elias segment more? <sighs> I believe Saudi Arabia may be calling for uh, one of those I matchups. think so. Um, you know, That was apples and oranges. I don't, I don't think you can really compare Cena and Undertaker unless they're standing across the ring from each other. Okay, I think a quick uh, little thing also to add in is uh, these three also interacted at last year's WrestleMania, if you remember. I do. I do remember. So that was a cool little throwback. Up next in the marathon show, I believe it was almost midnight at this point, the IC title. Yes, we still had an IC title match. It only went four minutes, but of course they had to quick squeeze it in. Finn Balor turned into the demon to beat Bobby Lashley for the IC title. Now, that was this the first time we saw the demon at, at WrestleMania? Yes, it is, because I thought last year he definitely should have done it for the mm-hmm. IC title match with The Miz and Rollins, and it was his debut, Right, but he didn't do it. He did not. So it was nice to see the Demon at WrestleMania finally, that giant crowd, um, the way they brought him in, you know, lev- coming down from the yep. top. I thought that was great. I-, I love the Demon character. I think that's compelling in itself. That's one of the reasons why I was like super into NXT and actually woke up real early that one morning when they did the Japan show. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was nice to see the demon out there, and I'm still not high on Bobby Lashley. He doesn't impress me. He's just another big dude like Brock Lesnar. At least he doesn't have Brock's attitude. That's the only part that really sets him apart. I was going to say it has officially been a year since Lashley has been back with the company. Oh, yeah. Wow. What a, This year <laughs> flew by. It's been a weird year for him. Remember, he beat Roman Reigns clean on pay-per-view and seemed to be heading towards Brock at SummerSlam, and then him and Reigns had a rematch a week later on Raw for the title shot, and then Reigns won. Reigns won. So it seemed things were going well, but I see title. I think he's now, what, two-time? He's won, I think, twice maybe because he lost it quick and then won it back. So 
I think it's fine, and not to keep repeating this, but Balor, now IC champ, and Lashley, you know, superstar shakeup, maybe. Both could use a fresh start. Absolutely. I could definitely see Balor going over uh, to the other side. Um, for Joe, U.S. Yeah, title for IC. That would be pretty cool. And I love, you know, I always love every year how they set up matches for that to happen. Like where they had uh, Jeff Hardy win the title, and then he had a match over on SmackDown, and bam, he's there now. Or right. however they do that kind of stuff. I always think it's really creative how they keep the championships switching up without there being like a, uh, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> Keep you guessing. Yeah. And it, it's cool because I believe it's six weeks now till Money in the Bank. So they have time. There's not a pay-per-view in like three weeks or anything. So Take that, a breath. <laughs> take a breath. Let everyone kind of Take a nap, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like me. I don't think he likes naps. I so, love naps, but I'm old, so. <laughs> um, one last thing on Finn Balor. The night after Mania... He had the uh, IC title match and defeated the returning Sami Zayn. People have kind of forgot about him already. Yep, I kind of did too. He is back. What, uh, what are your thoughts on his new toxic, whatever, fan, Daniel Bryan type? I, uh, I think it's very akin to Daniel Bryan. There was actually a brief moment on Raw where I thought maybe Sami Zayn was going off script. I thought he was going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. And then just disappears and quits wrestling altogether. Right. I don't... Um... I don't listen to other podcasts, the Jericho, uh, Bischoff, you can name all the podcasts. I don't listen to any of them, Stone Cold, all those. But I will catch clips, and if like you know something controversial is said or something, obviously I'll check it out to see what everyone's talking about. So I don't listen to any podcasts, but Zane has now gone on a few, and his last six months away, nine months away, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he is thinking retirement. I think he during this time off did kind of uh, set his goals elsewhere outside of the ring. So this uh, quote unquote character may be actually what's been built up for the past nine months. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I follow him on Twitter, Sami Zayn, and um, it seemed like he was having a blast with his off time. He was traveling. We all would. <laughs> he was having a great time. Um, I could definitely see this as kind of being like, a, I mean, the dude gets called up to the main roster and blows his shoulder out because he raised his arm too fast. Against John Cena. You know, I mean, it was a great match still, but you got to know that your body is wearing out when you raise your arm and dislocate your shoulder. Right, and then this <laughs> you know. injury, so that was another nine months. And, you know, I don't want to blame it on the independent scene, but a lot of these guys like Ciampa, they did kind of destroy their bodies before oh, yeah. not getting paydays. I mean, they got to make a name for themselves somehow, and unfortunately our blood right. culture is all about, you know, what can you take to the face and <laughs> how much blood can you spill before you pass out. Yes. I think that's a lot of Dean Ambrose's thing, too. I mean, he put himself through hell just just to get to the WWE, and then once he did, he just was on the road nonstop. I mean, that's got to wear on you, you know? Yep. Do you uh, want a quick talk about Dean Ambrose? Sure. Yeah. Um, Going to so miss him. There's been back and forth updates for a while. All along, I was told he's gone, and it looks like he's gone. And, you know, there's been a few quote-unquote final moments with him, but... I'm glad he got another final moment uh, after Raw went off yep. the air this week. Reigns and Rollins pretty much took a backseat and said, you know, Ambrose, say what you want to say, but, you know, he's not a man of a lot of words, so he kind of just thanked everyone and left. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's going to go to another company or anything. Really? I, I don't, but I could also see it happening. I could see it happening. I know <clears throat> I from what I read and, you know, it could be lies or whatever, rumors or whatever, but from what I read – uh, he was mainly just unhappy with the the direction that they were taking him in, and uh, 
I'm going to go out and say the big stigma. AEW no! has been... Oh, <laughs> they've been saying uh, for the longest time that they're going to give the wrestlers kind of a little more freedom and say in, in how their stories progress. Uh, they're not going to have writers and all that, you know, is what they're saying. So I could see him being attracted that way for that kind of freedom. But I've also read that he doesn't need the money. He's he's done well for himself and no. he's saved. He's so, CM Punk. He doesn't yeah, need the money. Exactly. So um I'm gonna miss him. Uh, I, I really liked him. I had him I picked him to win the rumble a couple of years ago and it didn't pan out like that. I thought that each of the shield was gonna have their own rumble win uh, and their own title win. Okay. Um and so I, yeah, it's it's gonna be sad to see him go. Yeah, the shield actually all held the title in one night. Yep. That was a cool moment. That was really cool. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he'll go to another company. I guess I was never his biggest fan, but even I knew, um, you know, him like facing Nia Jax or yeah, that was that was rough. I, I'm not I know personally not a fan of intergender wrestling. Um, no. uh, call me old school and chivalrous. I was raised by women, whatever. But I don't think a man should. Uh, attack a woman. And no, I always just, I always say I'm surrounded by women, whether yeah. I'm at home or wherever. <laughs> Absolutely. I always am. And, yeah, not the biggest fan. And even, you know, Ambrose and Nia Jax. I mean, Nia Jax taking some RKOs in the Rumble was always fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, she sold it well. And props yeah. to her for, yeah. for getting in there and doing it. And props to the guys for doing it. I mean, obviously, she you know, there was no actual violence going on. But, um, yeah, I just... I always kind of shy away from the the man hitting a woman thing. No, and that makes it even a better segue because the women didn't need to be facing men to main event WrestleMania. How awesome. I just want to go right off and say it took them 35 years, but <laughs> good way to go, ladies. They really stepped up. And it wasn't like it was just, okay, it's time to give it to the women now. No, they earned it. They really earned it. No, I think it was Triple H who said something like, they're not being put in the main event. They are the main event. Absolutely. And they have been forever. I mean, it started basically, I want to say, with NXT. Absolutely, yeah. There's been a few you know, sporadic Raws here and there that have featured women, but this was the year. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch got super hot late in the year. And I made the point a few times, but people say that Charlotte was shoehorned into this match. No. Pe- people forget... Becky Lynch is the one shoehorned Absolutely. in because it was supposed to be Rousey versus Charlotte for the year buildup from last year because that's why Charlotte beat Asuka last year to build her up for the Rousey match. But honestly, it was a perfect storm. All three of them deserved it. I thought the entrances, Joan Jett, the helicopter, the man coming down it. And then obviously the match. I mean, it was all so perfect. I don't even know what part you want to touch on first or just we talk can just about start the whole... on all of it. Well, yeah, we'll just talk about the whole thing. Um, now, I think, uh, what was it? I think it was uh, Bubba Ray Dudley. Went on record. Uh, he was defending because Charlotte Flair was getting a lot of flack for being in the match. Um, and he was defending her, saying that Ronda Rousey was brought in for that. Yes. Charlotte yes. Flair was destined for that. Right. Becky Lynch fought and clawed her way into that. So each one of them had a reason to be there, a legit reason to be there. And each one of them should definitely take pride in the fact that it was all three of them that made that match what it was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I get the arguments against Charlotte, and for the longest time, I was also. Oh, agreed, yeah. I mean, nobody likes the chosen one. (laughs) (laughs) The chosen one. But um, I wrote a column, again, 411 Mania, but I wrote a column in, I want to say, the first week of January. It was the last week of December. Either way, I listed Charlotte as the unsung MVP of 2018, and my brother actually, um, he had his 
top five greatest title matches. And at his number five was Charlotte versus Asuka from last year's WrestleMania because basically is a precursor and kind of set up this women's revolution and now took them to the path of main eventing WrestleMania kind of proved once again, they've done it a few times, but it proved that they do belong and they can do it. And basically it set Charlotte in motion and everyone talks about Becky getting hot late in the year in the fall, but you know, for every hero, you need the villain. Absolutely. And Charlotte was right there neck and neck the whole way along with her. So as much as you can argue against it, I thought it was great. All three of them were in there. I do think Rousey is either done or taking time off, but that has been the word for a while now, so I'm fine with it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was it was somewhat predictable that knowing that Ronda was not going to walk out with the title. It was just a matter of how. Yeah, <clears throat> my uh, my bold prediction of 2019, my number one was Ronda Rousey will lose. You know, not necessarily too bold, but, you know, she had been undefeated forever. It was just, you know, it was time for her to lose. She was going to, and a year after, obviously, she knows old school. When you're leaving the company, you, you go out on your back. So she knew, and everyone knew, it was Becky Lynch's time. Whether it's one title, two titles, what do you think? Will they merge them? Um, I, part of me wants them to. Just like the to tag keep, titles? Yeah, just to kind of keep... You know, uh, one central. I, I kind of like the one central figurehead that floats between the shows. Yeah. Um. Whenever I played the the two K wrestling games, I always made my guy win all the titles <laughs> for all the shows, and he would just float back and forth. I think I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a blast. Yeah. But uh, I kind of like that idea where you know you got these guys on two rosters and they're all struggling for position, but then you got that mountain yep. of your title holder, you know, doing this, and that each show should have its own singles title, like the U.S. and Intercontinental title, but then you got one champion. Yeah, I think um, I think I like the idea of, because uh, there's always talk of the four horsewomen and that whole thing, I like the idea of Bailey, Sasha, and Becky, you know, being the traveling champions. Obviously, now with the Iconics, you can't really do that. But I'd be more than fine with Becky going to both shows. I think she was probably going to end up more so on Raw, in case anyone's noticed since the build. She's pretty much been on Raw. Oh, yeah. yeah. And technically, she's SmackDown, so was Charlotte. But I think um, with the Superstar shakeup, it probably really doesn't even matter at this point. If she's the champion of both, like she said, she's going to pull some double duty. Right, right. So any uh, closing thoughts on the main event? The ending is talked about a lot. I think it was just kind of a mishap. I think she got excited. Um, you, you know, know there, there's word the ref got fined for counting too that. fast, and if he would have waited half a second while Ronda was still putting her shoulders back, you know, then it would have been fine. But right. he immediately went to the pin and counted. I honestly, I don't think it matters. It I, doesn't. The, I mean, the moment was Becky holding the titles. That's what we get. We can move on. We know she won clean. We know she won. We get it. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, this day and age, we all know that yeah, wrestling is not fake, but it is scripted. You know, predetermined. Right. Um, so we knew what was going to happen, especially at that point. There was really no reason to fire off this contra. Oh, she got her shoulder up or whatever. You could play it off as the ref didn't see it, you know, or referee error like they do so many times. But the referee's decision stands. You don't need to yep. play off, we find them and da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like... Yeah, it sucks that it happened, you know, in the worst possible moment, the main event of WrestleMania. But I don't think anyone's going to be talking about it. They're going to be talking about Rollins. They're going to be talking about Kofi Mania. They're going to talk about Cena. They're going to talk about Becky Lynch being the double champ in the main event. Absolutely, yeah. So I put on a little uh, Twitter poll. I just said to rate WrestleMania 1 through 10. Uh, A 1 through 3 got 8%. I assume that's people messing around. (laughs) 4 through 7 got 43%. And winning the poll, 49% gave it an Eight through ten. Really? So where would you rate it? One through ten. Ah, <sighs> you know, um, 
maybe taking into consideration the last few years and how I was kind of down hard on it, and this year I was really excited. I'm going to say at least somewhere between 8 and 9 out of 10. It was it was a fantastic show, incredibly long. Oh boy! But I was I was entertained all the way through it. I believe it was uh, my brother again, super casual fan. I think he gave it an eight. He was entertained by most of it. He did go to bed early. He obviously couldn't stand it at that point. He, I think it was <laughs> he uh, tapped out, huh? He tapped new out. New moon tapped out. New moon tapped out. <laughs> Clean. We need to ha- hashtag new moon tapped out. <laughs> I think it was love uh, you know. Second or third last match, he left. Uh, I want to say it was before Balor, so maybe it was two matches left. He he was disappointed he didn't see the women, but you know he had had enough at that day. Kind of had a long night, uh, and that's what the network is for. That's what it's there for. <laughs> I honestly, I almost thought about pausing it a couple of times myself and just catching up with it the next day because I work real early in the morning. So I mean, yeah. that was a marathon for me. But I, I'm diehard, man. I stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You always know if you work the next morning. It's like if I just can gut through this <laughs> just one day. a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. Than I'll a... go in at five instead of four. <laughs> right. Um, I think in uh, my 411 Mania column said I gave it a 7.5, but I was actually misquoted. <laughs> I gave you it, misquoted I th- yourself? Uh, <laughs> must have been the editor. I would go around an 8.5. So we're on the same boat. Right on. Right we're on. we're in the same area. I would say it's one of the better manias, but still, if I'm rating one through thirty-five, it'd probably like be in the middle, but more towards the top, if that makes sense. Okay, real quick, then what's your top? Oh boy. Well, I've always liked WrestleMania twenty-two. A lot of people don't. That's the one from Chicago. Cena, Triple H, ah, right? Yep. Vince, Shawn Michaels, Rey Mysterio winning the world title. Edge and McFoley had a great hardcore match. Um, I always like WrestleMania 31. That's with the uh, RKO to yeah. Seth Rollins in the air. And then obviously oh, yeah. and then Brock Reigns the yep. and then the cash-in. So I always like that one. I always throw back to WrestleMania 12, man. Boyhood dream. Right. I always think uh, WrestleMania 17, obviously in the Houston Astrodome. Rock, yeah. yeah. And I always throw it back to WrestleMania 7 because that was the first one that I ever saw. I remember going to the grocery store and they had a video rental section <laughs> and I saw WrestleMania 7 and mom was nice enough to rent it for me. And I watched that thing probably 30 hours before we had to take it back over and over and over again. We love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> love mom. Smart decision there. Okay, any closing thoughts on Mania before we talk about the superstar shakeup coming up? Um, I, no, I think we covered it, man. I, Mania was just a great show all the way around. It was it was fun to watch. Next year, Tampa Bay. Here we go. We're gonna be pirates, huh? I think I might want to go. Ooh, I went to Orlando. Might as well go back. Yeah, you go to Orlando, (laughs) but you won't go to New York. No, (laughs) I won't. And it's funny. There's already a rumored uh, location for the following year's WrestleMania, which is Los Angeles has a new stadium coming up. Oh my! Maybe California. Maybe I'll go out to Cali. All right. So the superstar shakeup. Real quick, I have a comment on Twitter from Ashwin. What do you think of these? He says AJ Styles to Raw. I could see it. We talked about that a little bit earlier. He hasn't done much on Raw since he came in. He's been pretty much SmackDown. Um, but, you know, as as we're saying that and as we were talking about a little bit earlier, I start to think now they are doing this big AJ Styles, house that AJ Styles built gimmick. So they might stick with that. I could see them sticking with that and him just being the SmackDown staple, kind of like The Undertaker was way back in the day, you know? Yeah, I mean, Eddie, I mean, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Undertaker. I mean, a lot of top guys did stay on SmackDown for most of their career. And I would also add that uh, AJ Styles may want to stay 
where he is due to the uh, decreased schedule in his new contract. And maybe even people forget the uh, Fox deal is coming up. So I would say almost SmackDown would be the place to be over Raw, even though everyone kind of thinks the opposite. Well, that's because Raw has been, for years and years, has been known as a flagship show. But this right. coming up uh, you know, year with them starting up on Fox, there may be a change in the quote-unquote flagship show. I think there will be for at least the first year. You know, we'll obviously see how they do on Fox and the tie-ins with the NFL and the World Series will be starting and college football. And, you know, they're right in the middle of it because it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they're definitely going to be promoted in it. And Triple H has even already hinted that, you know, they're not going to be promoted, you know, out of the kindness of Fox's heart. It's uh, part of the contract is that they're going to be promoted and they're going to be front and center. So that's cool. The next one Ashwin says here is Strowman to SmackDown. I could see it. He, again, it, it's, you know, a lot of the superstar shakeup is kind of like a breath of fresh air. Who haven't yeah. we seen on what show? Yep. So I think that all of these kind of random things, definitely, because they haven't done much on that other brand, and there's a whole list of characters on that other brand waiting to be, you know, getting these hands. Right, they can get his hands, like Samoa Joe, perhaps. Full disclosure, last year I had Braun Strowman as my... Uh, superstar shakeup move to SmackDown Live. It did not happen. I thought after the uh, tagging with the kid, I thought for sure he had to get the <laughs> heck away from Raw, get away from Brock, get away from Reigns. They'd kind of done that to death at that point. And I thought for sure he needed a fresh start. And as we saw probably through the last year, yeah, he probably did need to get away from Raw. So I'm kind of hoping this uh, past Tuesday was almost like a tease, kind of to test the crowd reactions for him. I'm thinking I'm thinking you're right. I mean, it almost kind of has to be at this point. It was the same with Drew, but then a part of me thinks that the fact that they were on means that they won't be moved. Uh, maybe, like you said, crowd reactions. I don't think the crowd reaction for Drew McIntyre was as big as it was for Strowman, so I could see no, them right. maybe opting to keep McIntyre on Raw and letting him just run roughshod. All right, he I, also adds one that I agree with. Usos to Raw. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that would make sense of why they lost the titles. It would make sense. Hardy's, um, they could probably stay where they are. I don't think Hawkins and uh, Ryder would go to SmackDown, so the Hardys then would not go to Raw. Maybe Usos just run in there and take the titles from (laughs) Hawkins and Ryder and be like, get back down there. Get back to catering. New losing streak begins, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Go get my food. But anyways, it makes sense. I could see uh, Usos to Raw is one of my predictions I have written down. I think the the very sudden kind of quick title loss may have kind of sealed it. And this fits with the next one, the Revival to SmackDown. Sure. That fits also the same kind of logic. Like if they're going to lose the titles, and then they lost the next night too. Right. So back-to-back, kind of the Bianca Belair thing. Like you could do it's, a comeback story, but once you kind of do that, it's like where do you yeah. go? And, you know, poor Revival. They get brought in, and there's all this buzz around them, and then they just get injury after injury after injury. And now they've just it, – it's hard to – get back behind him because a part of your brain is saying, well, when are they going to get injured? And we miss him for six months again, you know? Right. And I guess they are one of my NXT call-up disappointments. And, you know, they uh, apparently want out of the company, but their deals don't end for, uh, I think it's another year. So I could see it's a while yet, but, you know, they can always let them out early, but they don't really. They don't do that. They don't Unless they know that. that they're not going anywhere like Hideo. Yeah. Right. Know, and I think Revival would immediately go else. Oh, God, you know it. Because, and again, here we talk about the big bad AEW. They've been saying for months how they're going to put a big focus on tag team wrestling, given the Young Bucks the control of the tag division. 
you're going to see a lot of great I'm, I'm actually really excited for AEW I think we're going to see a lot of really good matches come out of it I also wouldn't doubt that there's going to be some big blunders coming out of it too though that's okay. That's all part of the journey, and uh, I think someone said it was today. Or there, it, you know, AEW is a trial period right now. You yep. know, they're going to be some growing pains. They're going to lose money right off the bat, so don't Can't think anything. Saying it. <laughs> right, and I think uh, you know it's the same with Vince. He's taking out what like three hundred million for XFL. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I don't think that'll end well, but you know, he's got seven billion. So if he wants to take what like five percent of that and blow it, <laughs> he's still got the other ninety percent. So you know, really if cares? he wants to throw <laughs> a couple of percentages my way, hey, I'll take. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be against it. I'll no. even say nice things about him, <laughs> but I won't mention his name because apparently you get fired for oh, that. <laughs> do not mention his name. Do you have uh, any uh, superstar shakeup moves that maybe you want to see? Um, want to see or possibly could see. Uh, I almost could see Reigns, Roman Reigns, going over to SmackDown because he hasn't been over there very much. He's always been associated with the blue, uh, the red brand. Yeah, a few months ago, uh, I recorded a podcast, and I said Reigns or Brock. I said regardless of how the story would go. Brock I s- won't go to SmackDown. Well, hold on. Here's my logic. <laughs> They're going to Fox. The uh, obviously cross-promotion with all the sports. So you're going to want sports people. That's why I think Braun would be almost the perfect guy to be, again, in the studio show and everything they're starting up. So I think Brock or Reigns, and again, Brock will only be there a few times, so if they ever need to pop a rating on Fox, just be like the return of Brock after three months, and then all the shows can talk about the NCAA and all of his UFC highlights. So again, I'm thinking sports. It's the same reason why Rousey, I think, could go to SmackDown. She won't be there every week. She could pop up every few months, but when she does, kind of like The Undertaker. It's special. It's SmackDown. It's special. It fits, and... You know, they're going to put a lot behind this Fox move. I think The Rock will be on the debut episode. I'm sure they'll do Edge, the Cutting Edge segment. Oh, they're going to do tons of stuff, I'm just sure. like they do when they switched over to Sinclair Network a bunch of years in, like, 2010 or whatever it was. Yeah, they're going to pull it all out. <clears throat> I'm sure they'll, you know, have The Undertaker come in and beat up someone. And the key to that, though, is there's always the following week. You can always do big things for the premiere, but it's like, how do you follow up? How do you leave the cliffhanger and get them to come back and then come back and come back and come back and keep it going? You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. So that's where you would need a big star and something to keep going. So I like the Reigns pick. I would say Reigns, Brock, or Rousey. I know that's kind of broad, but... Brock Lesnar's kind of like a stupid little moth, isn't he? He finds a bright light and flies towards it, ruins everything, and then takes his paycheck and goes away. Hey, I'll take my paycheck (laughs) and go away, too. All right, were you thinking uh, anything else that we haven't mentioned for Superstar Shake-Up? I kind Um, of have one, which has kind of already been teased. Okay. All right, besides the Orton one, just because he lost the battle of who runs SmackDown. Right, right. And he could be now kind of the veteran over on the Raw brand. Um, Well, see, I don't like breaking news or anything, but I would just say watch out for Finn Balor coming up. And it's a little surprising he does still have the Intercontinental title. So if he went to SmackDown Live almost by virtue of default, that would mean Joe Joe goes over to Raw, but he went over last year, so do they really just flip-flop again? Uh, I don't know, but Finn for sure, and Joe, I guess, really doesn't have too much going on besides the Strowman tease, but I guess maybe that could have just been a tease if you remember when Nakamura and Miz had their tease, and then a few days later, Miz went to Raw. So the tease was really nothing. So maybe these little Drew and Kofi, maybe that's the next feud, but also maybe it was just kind of a tease. So 
I don't really know. I think the Superstar shakeup will be exciting, but I also keep mentioning the Fox debut in October, and it wouldn't surprise me if whatever moves happen now may not be the real moves. The real moves would be after SummerSlam if uh, NXT call-up or Pete yeah. Dunne, perhaps, or a Buddy Murphy. I could see uh, doing kind of padding the roster with a bunch of NXT guys, like the Raw roster with a bunch of NXT guys this coming shake-up, and then putting a bunch of top guys on SmackDown. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then when they run SmackDown on Fox, then you got all these top guys that everybody knows, and you got this great wealth of talent on Raw that the diehards can still tune into and, and be impressed with. Right, and that's where it's going to be a slippery slope because Fox paid a billion dollars for SmackDown, and USA paid over a billion dollars to keep Raw. And, I mean, I assume both networks will want Brock. I assume both networks will want Rousey. I assume both networks want Reigns. I assume both networks will pretty much want the best of the best. So how do you spread it out? I'm still not completely sold on NXT, perhaps not doing specials on FS1 or something every few months. So, you know, how do you spread all that out and make everyone happy? Right, and that, that's the thing is that you can't. Somebody is going to get shortchanged. <laughs> something is going to fall off at some point. Right, they've they've... They've had both shows on different companies or different TV stations before, so this isn't necessarily new ground, but in this day and age and money and the billions now, you know, it could get a little uh, hectic backstage. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to... And then you got, you know, more TV eyes on you, so there's going to be reporters. This backstage is going to get super crowded. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes up and how everybody handles it, really. That's why the key word is shake-up. Shake-up. That is WrestleMania week. Do you have any closing thoughts on the entire week and even the week ahead? Uh, it was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> it, I need a nap, but I take one every day. Um, but no, it was it was a blast. It was I, I was actually I felt like a kid again. Uh, this whole week build up to WrestleMania, this final weekend, I was really kind of excited. So, uh, going forward, I, I I see a bright future. I I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Um, I just hope that they can keep the momentum going. Uh, when does the Fox thing start? That is first week of October. Okay, so, so we got a yeah. They're gonna. It may fall flat somewhere in the middle of summer and then ramp back up for October as they gear up for that. But right, and I always look at the years, you know, kind of in like three-month intervals. You know, you do the mania thing, and then you kind of do the shake-up stuff here where it's going to be exciting for a while. Then you do the fall kind of uh, SummerSlam fun, and then you kind of start the year back up again and get it going again. So I'm going to real quick say that, you know, I agree with the whole feeling like a kid again and all that. And I think I even apologized to my girlfriend at one point saying, just, you know, let me have this weekend. Like, I'm sorry, there's going to be 40,000 hours this week. Isn't it funny how we have to explain this to our significant others? My wife got it right away. She's like, you do you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it's been. And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a fan. Obviously, she'll watch with me. She knows all the stories. She knows probably about 95% of the guys and everything. So, But if, you know, if I'm not there, you know, she's probably not going to watch. But with me, she absolutely does watch. And this was her first mania, so she was excited for it. And Aww. yeah, her first mania, her first mania. How sweet. That's wonderful. All right. Any closing thoughts, plugs, anything to follow Mr. Steve Madsen? Hey, let's check out the resonant complex debut album, North Avenue available everywhere. Music is sold. iTunes, Spotify, Google play, YouTube, tune in, whatever you want to find it. There it is. Uh, check out the videos on the YouTube under the resonant complex.com. Um, yeah, we also have the resonant complex.com. I forgot to mention that one. Um, and then just a big shout-out to my singer, Jamek and my wife, Shannon. Thanks for uh, everything. Awesome. You know where and thanks to you for having me on the show. Oh, it was no, awesome. Man, you don't have to thank me. I'm thanking you. Uh, you know where to find me, at Justin Watry is the Twitter. 
411mania.com is the website. You are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube. Always, always rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Give us those great reviews. You know we love it. Until next time, enjoy the show.